Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to factoryofthefuture.org, where manufacturers, makers, and students master current best practices and discover what's in the factory of the future. And now to our host, Mitch Kennedy. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. Right now, we're offering free membership. Go to factoryofthefuture.org forward slash participate. We're also looking for manufacturing writers, photos, and videos. And please contact us if you would like sustainability consulting services. Welcome back to another episode of factoryofthefuture.org's podcast. I'm Mitch Kennedy, and with me today is Paul Keish from Aviate Creative. Welcome, Paul. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. This is great. And to Paul, for our listeners, if you could just give them a, a thumbnail sketch of how you got into marketing for manufacturers and uh, you know your, your just general background, because it's very interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. My my background, I've been in marketing and graphic design uh, my whole career, doing branding and so forth. And I've I've really designed for a wide range of industries, and then. In the last few years, let's say back in 2015, I started to narrow it down and focus on manufacturing and technology. And that was mostly because I saw that a lot of my clients were in that space and I was doing some really great stuff. And manufacturing is just really cool. So I really love helping them out and being involved. A lot of the work that I do really translates well into that space. Excellent. I really uh, value your participation in factoryofthefuture.org because you know, when I go out to different factories, like we had talked about previously, some of them are sort of stuck in, say, for lack of a better word, like the 1950s, 60s, or 70s, and they haven't fully adopted technology or the new modes of communicating with with their customers and prospective customers. So it's it's great to have you on here, and I hope we're giving a lot of value to to people who need it. so Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm thrilled to be involved. And that's one of the reasons I like manufacturing is that I can see the lack um, of marketing and branding in there. And it's, it's as if the world of manufacturing back when they all started their businesses 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago or more, um, they, they really cared about their look and their branding. And then they just stopped <laughs> and they were all frozen in time. And now, now they need to be reawoken, and I'm trying to get the word out and explain the, the power of updating uh, their stuff. And, and, and I think that's going to translate a lot to today's topic. Excellent. Well, why don't we just dive right in? I know we were going to talk about attracting top talent for your manufacturing business. And you know, we've, we've got the issue today of the skills gap. And this is definitely definitely one of the ways that you can address the skills gap. So tell me what you what you want to tell our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been an issue for a while, and it seems to be a really popular subject right now because, well, in, in my belief, I you know the economy is increasing, improving, and manufacturers are now more in demand, and they're trying to get the work done, and all of a sudden they're realizing very quickly that there's not enough employees to go around to get that work done. So there's a bit of a panic in the air and they're doing some interesting things to fix that with associations, with colleges and universities, and they're doing it by by themselves. But from my perspective, a lot of them are looking at the long-term solutions and 
that's awesome and they're doing some great stuff, but I want to help them in the short term. And I think that there's some really simple and easy things they can do with their marketing and branding that can help attract employees and also retain employees. That's one of the other parts of this is that I hear from manufacturers that they can't keep people too because they're in such demand that their employees keep jumping for better opportunities. So I want to try and work with them on helping to retain those employees, but then also attract new ones. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I've been in a couple different factories, uh, clients of mine, and they, they've said, you know, the people that we're interviewing are top notch and, and we're struggling to try to keep them because they're getting wooed by all these fancy tech companies all the time. You know, they might be programmers or robotics people or even just skilled tradespeople, uh, machinists. And I guess it's not just enough to offer good salary anymore. You know, you have to have a, a space that's attractive and, and interesting. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned um, the wooed by these technology companies. And that's something that I want to talk about today is that I work in both spaces. I work in technology and I work in manufacturing. And I find it fascinating because a lot of technology companies have challenges with employees, but they just do a much better job of marketing and selling themselves and making themselves look sexy so they attract attract a lot more. So they're wooing people away, but there's no reason why the manufacturers can't be doing the same thing and actually wooing them back or or away from other industries or other employers and so forth. If you if you had to like choose three three things that were different about the way tech companies approach hiring or, or marketing themselves towards potential hires versus manufacturers? What were those kind of three things that really stands out when you compare the two? Well, well, I have to laugh because um, I would say the biggest thing is, is that the tech industry actually puts effort in and does something. <laughs> and the, man, the manufacturing industry appears to do very little, if nothing at all. So that's the biggest difference is that putting in the effort and putting in uh, the work to help attract employees makes a big difference just in itself. But I can give you some easy examples, like really simple stuff is uh, one, when you go to a, a technology company, most of them try to keep their brand up to date and current, which includes their website, their logo and their look. So employees or students or anybody coming into it says this is an upcoming company that I want to be part of and it looks great looks sexy where a lot of manufacturers you look at them and they look like like you said stuck and they look old they look like they have you know no culture like they have no diversification hmm. and none of none of that's true we know firsthand right. you go into a manufacturing facility and it's amazing they have robotics and cool gadgets yep. and it's all shiny and new and all their facility is amazing and then you look at their brand and you're like it looks like it's gathering dust right. so <laughs> that's a yeah that's a big part of it and then you go to the career page you know this might be a second thing you go to the career page and on a technology site, there's all this stuff about culture and all this um, interesting information and talks about benefits and all these things that attract employees. And it shows the team and it shows the events and stuff like that. And then you go to a manufacturer's career page and all they do is list the job openings and that's it, if they have that. So that's kind of what I'm saying is like, it's almost as if they're not doing anything to help the situation. And they're all like, they're playing the blame game right now, which um, I can understand, but it's not helping anybody is, you know, they're saying, oh, education, too many students are going into desk jobs and, 
you know, we need to appeal to them and so forth. Well, that's correct, but that's not really helping you in the short term. So something as simple as adding some more information to your career page and making it look a little bit more interesting, taking pictures at a company event, all those things are super simple. And and they're doing it already. They're just not showing it. So when I talk to these manufacturers, they have amazing cultures. They have great personalities in their company. They have events and they just don't actually show anybody. So that's yeah. Yeah. really simple. And, and, you know, the other thing I think that appeals to people coming out of high school or coming out of trade schools or colleges, they, they like a good story, you know, and, and I think manufacturing really has a lot of good stories. Everything from, you know, how this device was made, which is, you know, that you could do videos on that, to things like, how was this company founded? Like, I've, I worked with a company in Waterbury, Connecticut, that made buttons for the uniforms of the Civil War soldiers, you know? And it, That's cool, it, yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. And then there's, you know, there's other con- companies around the area where I was I was working that they made boilers for submarines during World War One and Two, and you know a lot of cool sort of anecdotal stuff that can be thrown out onto the website and say, hey, this is what this company is really all about, or where you know this is where we're going in addition to where we've been. I think you're right. There's a, there's a lot that can be kind of uh, gaps that can be filled in, so to speak. I think that's. Fantastic. The showing the history is definitely important, but you nailed it when you said the students these days care about that story. And a lot of them, they base their decision on the company's mission and on Hmm. a feel good situation. And a lot of these companies are doing more good than they realize. Maybe they have a green program or their, their sustainability program. Maybe they have, you know, a domestic made product where they can promote the fact that they're helping their country you know maybe they have you know maybe they're helping farmers maybe they're helping you know a local environment or or local uh politician or whatever like there's all different things that they might be improving on that can sell that story and people it, it makes them feel better about going to work and that's a big part of retention too is that if someone you know, feels excited about their work and feels good every day about their work, they're more likely to stick around. Money is not going to make them move as much if the person offering the money isn't as, you know, interesting with their mission and doesn't relate as well uh, to that individual. So, you know, like I I talked to a lot, a lot of where this comes from is I, I actually interviewed a lot of manufacturers and asked them these questions. And some of them are really struggling, and then some of them are actually doing fine. And the ones that are doing well, a lot of it has to do with what we just mentioned. You know, I talked to Henry Repeating Rifles, and they don't have any problem finding employees because hmm. people want to work for them. They they want to work for a, a made-in-America company. They want to hmm. work for a company that, you know, supports their lifestyle and, and that, you know, they love hunting and they love whatever. So it's like it attracts that type of person. So they, they don't have any difficulty at all so it's it's finding your story and finding what relates to your employees and then showing that culture just being part of a fun team is very attractive a lot of people there's that saying that's popular now where you don't leave you know a company you leave a boss and right you know i think there's some truth to that but it's also just if you have a company of let's say you know quote unquote friends you're much more likely to stick around than if you are miserable at your job yeah, all day. Yeah. Well, that's that's so true. The culture is really, really important within a, within a business structure because you spend so much time there too. 
Uh, eight hours but a day it, minimum, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, and the funny thing is all these manufacturers I talk to, they all say we're like one big family here. You know, everybody has fun. We, we celebrate each other's victories. Like they, they talk about all this stuff, but they do not put it on their website and they don't put it in their stuff. And they could be putting that on a site. They could be putting it in a, in a recruitment brochure. They could be putting it in, you know, a trade show banner at, at different events, you know, different things that could easily start attracting those other employees at other companies and so forth, you know? Cool. Very cool. Are there, do you think, local efforts such as like governments, uh, local governments, trade associations, or economic development groups, for example, that are trying to help manufacturers do this? You know, kind of. I think, and that's, I kind of skipped through that a little bit, but I think that they're looking, yes, absolutely, they're getting a lot of help. You look at some of the MEP programs and you look at the government and some of the other trade organizations and so forth, and even education, they're all really seeing this as a problem that they want to solve. And they're doing a great job creating apprenticeship programs. I see a lot of colleges adding entire buildings and entire programs to improve this situation. They're, they're adding veteran training programs. So I think there's a lot in progress. And I think all of that should continue and is great. I just want to basically say, hey, there's stuff you can do in the interim to help right. yourself. Right. Um, you, you can't wait for the cavalry to, <laughs> yeah. cavalry to arrive. You got to. Yeah, that could take a long time. You know, so and, <laughs> and who, are we, who are we training? We're training the very bare basic entry level, which which is needed. But there's that skills gap in the, of people that might not be entry level. But you have a lot of people retiring right now. You know, a lot yeah. of these people that are in manufacturing are should retire. Not to say that I'm telling them to retire, but like they want to retire. And they just can't because no one's there to fill their job right now. Right. So right. So they're uh, being they're being asked to come in part time and and just kind of or whatever full time even and and please keep working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can't really fill that with entry level. So I, I, I think a lot of things that these programs are doing are, are attracting that entry level, which is great. But what about all that middle? Um, that's not getting yep. fulfilled. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons we, we built factor the future.org is, is we wanted to address that quote skills gap, which is it's getting larger. There's also a tech gap, if you will, which is that the people that are in school now are very well connected to the internet, to their friends, to, you know, the, the virtual communities online. And so they, this is exactly where you're sitting, you're sitting, and you're saying, look, you know, you want to bring in people to fill your jobs, but you also got to fill this other gap. You, gotta, <laughs> you, right. you really got to stay connected, so to speak. What's so interesting, too, is like a lot of the excuses, well, I can't compete with the big guys. I can't compete with the tech companies because we don't have the money. Right. And the thing that like I I went through my notes and I spent a lot of time, you know, preparing for this and I've done a lot of interviews and so forth. Not not at one point will you ever hear me say you got to pay them more money. These Hmm. are all going to be things that you can do that are that are free or free enough, like you can, you know, add a careers page to your site or whatever that that can attract these employees and and compete against the bigger salaries. See, and that, so sure, paying somebody more money, but the problem with paying somebody more money is the fact that now you're in that competition right. and you're never going to win right. because you're going to go up against these big companies. That's right. You know? you you know, I gotta say, you're the first person I've talked to who said that, and I don't mean just the last part about the money. I mean the first part about look. <laughs> you you don't have to spend a lot of money to do this, and you you can 
you can make it happen. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, not everybody has all of these abilities in-house, but they're not expensive for the most part. You know, if you're rebranding your whole company, which would be great, that might be uh, pricey, right? But if you're just adding you know, an extra page on your site. If you're, we didn't really talk yet about like golden handcuffs, like creating little benefit programs that could be completely free to you. Giving extra extra days off and stuff like that does not impact your, you know, your finances, yeah. but it could potentially be more attractive to an employee. You know, there are a lot of easy things like that. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I, I have a number of friends in that are early in the job market and they, work for insurance companies and the insurance companies have gotten very flexible with what they can and can't do. You know, there's a lot of people who work remotely one day a week or something like that, you know, and, and it's, it's not really costing the company anything to let them, you know, tie in by, by internet and do some work. Flexibility is, is very big. Now I know manufacturers probably are saying, well, I can't let somebody run a machine from home, but right. there is a lot of flexibility with a lot of other areas that they can that they can play with that could be very attractive to employees. Employees want to, you know, do their hobbies. They want to spend time with their family. They want to, you know, maybe they want to get more educated so you help pay for their training or their education. There's a lot of what, like I said, golden handcuffs that you can offer to employees that could be attractive. Even, you know, paying for different events, you know, my one, my one case study that I love talking about, and this is what really inspired all of this conversation, is I have a, a technology company called Belay Technologies. They're a lot of fun, but they have a very difficult time finding employees, but not, not for the same reason. They are a, a government development technologies company. So hmm. they are very high clearance. And oh, you can't work for them unless you have like very high clearance with the government. So that's very few people. And so they have a very difficult time finding employees, but they have lots and lots and lots of programs in place to help that. I actually have an interview uh, coming up with their, uh, their, their HR person, and she's going to give me a lot of information about that. But I've worked with them and developed materials and stuff for they do a lot of events. So on the racetrack and race cars or climbing, you know, rock climbing, or they'll go, you know, skeet shooting, whatever, like anything that's going to just be like fun, but they do, <laughs> actually, they, they do a two level to it. If, if, you know, if I'm not uh, wrong with that is what they'll do is they'll actually invite their employees, but they'll actually use it as a recruitment tool too. And say, and they'll invite people that are potential employees hmm. to it as well. So it mixes them and gets them involved in the culture and, and it acts as like a, you know, an attraction to those potential wow. employees. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Really simple too, you know, and you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not that complicated in that sense, you know. Excellent. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. So what we did was we created like promotional pieces for like a brochure. We made some trade show exhibit stuff. So when you're at a trade show, you might be promoting your, your products, but maybe you have one retractable banner that talks about your company culture. So it attracts some of those other employees that are walking around and so forth, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Hmm. I guess the, you know, the other thing that we, we probably ought to talk about is uh, the brand itself. And you know, what do you, there's, there's these things you've mentioned that are sort of low cost or m m mid cost to, you know, maybe change the way you're, you're trying to reach out to people, but in a long-term strategy, uh, you know, that's, you, know, you want to have, 
just like when you're making something, you know, you, you want to have a, a plan of how you're going to do that. And you want to have a marketing and, and branding approach that is not just for today, but is, you know, maybe six months, 12 months, five years out or whatever. Do you, do you help people with that? And, and, you know, how, how do they approach that sort of thing? Yes. I mean, that's, that's the big part of my business is rebranding manufacturers and, and then helping them with planning out and implementing their marketing as we go. And, you know, I talked to some manufacturers and a lot of them need that, but then some of them are like, we don't need more business. We need help doing the business that we have. And that's, that's where I kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh, maybe this, maybe they don't understand the value of marketing and branding as much in the sense of employment. And that's where I came to this odd realization was manufacturers have forgotten that branding and marketing are part of the reason why those employees are not coming around because, yes. and this is looping back to the beginning of our conversation is when they see that old brand and they see that old website, they're like, I don't want to look work for a company that looks like it's going to survive one more year. And it's probably got, you know, some old folks in there that I won't relate to. And that it, you know, it just, it looks old and dirty and beat up and they, they want to work for someone fun. And that website, that logo um, is a big part of that perception. And I use the word perception because it's not the reality. Mm. It's just perception. Right. So we need to revise that perception and control that perception really, and put out the right vibe that's going to get across the personality and get across the forward thinking. I wrote an article for you not that long ago. And I think I mentioned like the idea of manufacturers are creating futuristic, incredible products that are super modern and yet their logos and their brands are super <laughs> outdated and there's, there's no match yeah. up there. It doesn't make any sense to me. So they've been kind of skating on by and saying like, Oh, we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. And they forgot the fact that, employees are looking at the same thing as prospect customers are. Yeah. And yeah. it's negatively impacting that. Yep. And, you know, and in the larger scope, the the community also, the community that the, the business is located in, I think that there's a certain amount of branding, if you will, or, or community participation that sometimes lacks, you know, and, and people walk by or they drive by and they say, well, that's a building that there's a factory in and I don't know anything about it, but you know, for example, Manufacturing Day is, is, is a fabulous event that allows people in manufacturing to open their doors and, and welcome the community in so that they can see, hey, it's not dark, dirty, and dangerous anymore. You know, we've got really, really well lit. We got the robots going on and, and everything's well organized. And I think that that spreads into the community. People understand the community value of having manufacturing in their town or their city. You know? Yeah, and that that differs per town and city because, and that's one thing I found with uh, my conversations with manufacturers too is that sometimes they have multiple plants or multiple facilities and offices, and they have like for instance, I'm I'm located in New Jersey, and New Jersey manufacturers are really struggling, but you talk to somebody in I don't know Wisconsin. And they don't have a problem at all because it's it's a community that appreciates and um, understands manufacturing more right. and attracts manufacturing more. Yeah. So each community is a little different that way, and it's the it's the the education and the way that the value of it that's portrayed. So the parents of 
students in New Jersey may not be selling manufacturing as much as the parents in other states and so forth. So that's been interesting, but that's, that's definitely a challenging thing that, um, to fix, you know, if you have multiple plants, you might be able to, to have more of your manufacturing in one plant and, and have your offices more in another plant. So that way you can attract certain talent, but that's, that's a pretty challenging thing. Yeah. It's definitely a little, sort of a longer term approach yeah. in the sense, And also, I know you had mentioned to me earlier about working with local schools. Do you do when the, the people that you interviewed, did you have any uh, stories or anecdotes about that sort of approach to building awareness within the school systems for internships and apprenticeships that are available at, at factories? I would, I wouldn't feel like I have enough experience to really talk about it the uh, most of my experience with that is is pretty third party you know i think the work that i've done is more in direct recruitment efforts but there is a massive push for internships apprenticeships training programs and so forth and i do think that a lot of those do get tied into marketing efforts and and communications. And also one thing we haven't talked much about, um, which I don't get too involved in, but is uh, publicity too, is PR. And those programs are really good PR. So if you start developing any of these kinds of apprenticeship programs or training programs, news outlets love that stuff. And you can get a lot of publicity that way too, which is really excellent. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, a couple of uh, companies I know that have a strong internship programs, they, they initially, they, they had to approach the schools a couple of times, you know, cause everything changes on a seasonal basis with a school. So, you know, somebody graduates and, <laughs> and then hopefully you can hire them, but sometimes they have an interest somewhere else. But after a while, the, the contacts they made within the schools, either the teachers, the department heads, or the, you know, the principal of the school, they built a relationship and then, then they started coming and asking the manufacturers, Hey, are you going to have that program again this year? Cause we've got a lot of people who are interested uh -huh. and, you know, and then it, it really found its footing and became part of the community at that point. It's like, you know, oh. absolutely. And from that perspective, I have a lot of experience because I, for one, I teach at a, a local college and then I also, I work, well, I have a lot of internships. So I personally offer a lot of that stuff and see that that develop. And then I also uh, am an advisor on college advisory boards. And what's important uh, about that is right now, colleges are guessing a lot at what's needed. So they're just assuming or guessing. And those advisory boards are really good if you want to get involved to really communicate directly with them of what you need. And you say, no, I need this kind of technician and I need them to have these skills. Well, if you tell career services that, or if you tell the program directors that, they will rewrite the programs to make sure that their their students are skilled hmm. in the areas that you're going to employ. So I think that's something that, um, and I do see manufacturers getting involved. I really do. It's a big part of, I think they, they think of it as a way to give back, but it is a really good way to ensure that those students are going to come out much more likely to be conditioned for your employment. Hmm. Nice. Good. I like that. That's, that's, you know, I, I love to hear stories of how, how it actually works because a lot of times people repeat the stories of, Oh, we tried it. It didn't work. So kudos to you for having internships, but yeah. also I'm glad that, you know, you're having successful, successful yeah. uh, well, experiences I, with I, that. I, 
I was very fortunate in the sense that because I have been, I've been teaching for 14 years, one class a semester, but it's just enough that I can get a real relationship with some of the students and then I can easily, they see how I work, I see how they work, so I get the best <laughs> students hmm. uh, for my internships. And, you know, that and there's something to be said about that too, is to be involved in the educational process, I think certainly helps, you know, translate into future employees or future interns and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there, let's see, I'm looking at the list of things that we were, we were going to talk about and I think we've covered just about everything. Do we want to uh, do like a top, top five things or, you know, some, some kind of uh, summary, if you will, about. Maybe we can go through some of the short term tactics. Uh, A lot of it will be repeat, but I think that'll be good for people to get kind of a quick outline, like you're saying. Great. And, you know, if they're really interested um, in diving deeper into some of these, you know, they can hit me up or and we can talk about it. But and then if you have questions, I'd be happy to go deeper into it. Um, I think I think, Paul, what we're going to we're going to do is we'll we'll put show notes on the podcast page so our listeners can go to the, the page that this recording for the podcast is loaded on to. We'll have links to your site, obviously, and we'll also have a download for them so they can, you know, obviously some of them are probably driving to work and they're not taking, not taking notes in their car, hopefully. So, Excellent. So some of the things that we mentioned was, you know, updating your brand, which includes, you know, your logo, your materials, your website is, the website is a massive part of the attraction. On your website, having a you know, full careers page that doesn't just list the jobs, but lists your culture, your benefits. You know, it doesn't have to be in detail of benefits. It could be a broad uh, description of it, but something that's going to explain that you want to talk about the events and the, the team, your history, some of the things that are just going to be more attractive, your mission, your sustainability, you know, if you have sustainability or right. where you're made and all that stuff. An easy thing is up making sure you have updated photos uh, of your facility and, <laughs> and videos, you know. Yeah, yeah sounds simple. Right? I see, yeah. yeah, they're just so outdated or, or, or poor that it just makes it look bad. You want to show off that culture. One thing we didn't talk about, which is really simple, is update your profiles on LinkedIn, Glassdoor, and Indeed, if you use Indeed or any recruiting site that you use. But Glassdoor, a lot of people forget about, which is, if you're not familiar with it, they basically, it's a place for employees to rate your employment and they can either praise you or trash talk you. And it's a whole profile of your business that you're, unless you contribute to, you're not in control of. So Hmm. I would recommend you take a look, you review your profile. And then if there are bad reviews, you know, do your best to encourage happy employees (laughs) to start writing some positive reviews because people are looking at it. And especially the people in school are going to look at that and say, I'm not working for that place. So that's a big thing there. Wow. Yeah, you you can host events we talked about. And uh, the other thing is golden handcuffs. So think about offers like what kind of benefits you offer them, packages, signing bonuses, relocation packages. Do you pay for education? Do you do you have different kinds of events for them? Like what kind of things can you do or or days off that we had mentioned, you know, having special hours for the summer, anything like that that's going to give somebody this idea that it's a fun environment and uh, a pleasant family atmosphere, that kind of thing. So those are some of the short-term strategies that I would touch back on, basically. Yeah, those, those are great. I think, I think people can get a lot of mileage out of that. That's, that's excellent. 
I didn't even know about the glass door. And uh, that's kind of like Yelp for businesses hiring, yeah. right? Yeah, that's... Whew. It's, a, it's, it's except much more dangerous. Much more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. If you're looking for a job, it's really great because you get a real inside view. Now, a lot of manufacturers probably are barely listed on it, if at all. Hmm. But if you are listed on it, you better be careful because uh, you can quickly get some really bad reviews on it. So keep an eye on that. And it's pretty uh, anonymous. So people are very open and free about it. It also goes into salaries. So some people will put their salaries on and they'll quickly, you'll see that some, like if you're looking for a job, you could say, oh, look, this position is actually usually averaging around, you know, whatever it is, 60,000 or 80,000 or whatever it is. And it quickly uh, tells you a lot of that information too. So employees love it. Hmm. Yeah, wow. So take a look at your glass door profile. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Any parting words? I, I know, you know, I'll just want to put a little plug in for you again, just that your company specializes in helping manufacturers. And so I want to make sure that you get a chance to, you know, give your whatever elevator speech you have for Aviate Creative. Yeah, no, well, it's been awesome. Uh, a lot of fun talking with you. My company, if anybody wants to uh, reach out, is Aviate Creative at aviatecreative.com. And we get involved, like I said, in the branding, marketing, graphic design kind of thing, and certainly can help with trying to attract employees through different methods. But I'd love to reach out and even just talk because I've been, like I said, interviewing a lot of manufacturers. Some of those articles will make it on the factory of the future. And I just want to hear what kind of struggles they have um, and see if we can have another podcast or article to help resolve. Yeah. Great. Great. All right. Well, Paul, thanks again for being on the show. I'm, I'm sure our listeners have, have been blown away by uh, this sort of hidden corner of, of their, their business that they've they haven't really thought about for a while. And I, I hope that they can take the stuff we've talked about and, and turn it around. And just for everybody who's listening, we're going to put the show notes in on the episode page. And then we're also going to have a free uh, download available that will uh, offer you some added value for, for this particular topic. And we'll probably have some other links, uh, both to Paul's site and obviously things, articles, Factor of the Future that relate to that. So thanks for listening and hope you have a great day. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Right now we are offering free membership. Go to factoryofthefuture.org forward slash participate. We are looking for manufacturing writers, photos, and videos. And please contact us if you would like sustainability consulting services.